1: There were moments that stood out for me that I remember reading them and thinking, I want to do this. There's a lovely thing in this movie where I take the kid ice skating. That's my favorite thing in the movie. And it's Mm -hmm. inarticulate. And there's no words ever spoken. And I remembered reading it and thinking, that to me somehow is the heart of this thing. And I want to just do that. I want to do that part. I want to have that thing to do. (laughs)
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we're chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year and breaking down the state of the 2024 Oscars race. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall, and joining me this week, she's back, EW writer Lauren Huff. Hey, Lauren, how are you?
2: Hello. Hi, Jared. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm uh, I'm great, actually. I you know I'm taking a look at the calendar and realizing like we're less than a month away from the Oscars. We've had the Oscar nominees luncheon uh, earlier this week, which I will uh, share a bit about um, shortly here. And uh, yeah, you know winter is just trekking along. How about you?
2: <laughs> yes, I know. I can't believe it. I feel like every year we. Gear up for this big, massive award season, and then the end always just yep. comes so quickly. And here we are; we're almost, yeah. we're almost at the end.
0: Well, you know, January of this year felt like four years on its own, and <laughs> yes, somehow we're already in mid-February, which uh, I have zero explanation for. But um, I blame the Emmys. Here we are.
2: I, I blame the Emmys. You know, it's it's all their fault.
0: That extra that extra award show in the midst of everything. You might be onto something with that. Um, it, it certainly, <laughs> <laughs> it certainly added on to everything no doubt um yeah so um before we get into the nitty-gritty of our conversation here uh, i want to let everyone know who our big guest is on today's show fresh mm-hmm. off that uh oscar nominees luncheon that i mentioned it's my chat with the holdovers star and best actor nominee paul giamatti who is just so gosh darn lovely and um just a just a a wonderful guy. Um I really enjoyed my conversation with him. Um Lauren, what is your um I was gonna say hot take, but I'm sure it's actually a very thoughtful <laughs> take on Paul and and that film.
2: It is. It is definitely not a hot take for you. Um it's a very, a very cold take, or maybe maybe warm <gasps> is a better word for it because it's oh, okay. just it's just lovely. Um I I yeah. I adore everything that Paul Giamatti does, and I loved him in the holdovers, and I'm so glad that mm. this year. Feels like he's finally getting his flowers. You know, I think he's someone yeah. in the industry that everybody, you know, speaks highly of and, and enjoys working with. And he just puts in consistently great work. And so it's just it's just lovely to see that that coming coming to fruition here. Um, and I I love the holdovers personally. That was one of my favorite films of the year for sure. So I'm so glad that he is your our special guest today, yes. and um and that you got to speak with him. I'm I'm jealous.
0: Yeah, well, I—I I mean, he's great, um, and I—I uh, I, I shared with him as much, you know, that w- this was a film when I saw it that I went in, I had no idea what to expect from this thing, and uh, from minute one to the end, what it's like a two-hour, thirteen-minute runtime, I was just captivated the entire time by these characters, um, but also the performances of Paul, along with Dave Joy Randolph and Dominic Sessa, who this. Um, Kind of unlikely uh, Three Musketeers trio, if you will, uh, <laughs> whatever analogy you want to uh, you know compare them to. I just love them together so much, and and I think they all really brought out the best in each other. Um, and and you know you love to see that when it happens, uh, and and when it's captured on film like that.
2: When did you see the film?
0: Oh gosh, Lauren, I think I first saw it. Would it have been right before? Toronto Film Festival, I believe.
2: Yeah, so early. Uh, and
0: then yeah, early. Um, and then saw it a second time would have been probably November. Once once the once the strikes were over, because I was wanted to see it again to prepare for uh my interview with Dave. I'm. Um mm-hmm. yeah. So uh it's yeah. um it's just such a pleasant watch and it's one that I can watch over and over.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I can't say that sometimes. about awards movies um, no. often. <laughs> no. That was no, my first takeaway too, whenever I watched it with my husband um over the holidays, actually. And that was something Perfect that we talked time about. To watch. Yeah, no, it was great. It was like this feels like a, a great little holiday movie to add into the rotation. Um I didn't expect that going into it at all. I, I since I saw it later, the reason why I asked when you saw it is since I saw it later in the season. You know, I kind of had already heard a bunch of buzz and whatever. So I went in with, mm-hmm. I think, different expectations than mm. than you probably did. And it still just blew me away. I, I don't know yeah. what I was quite expecting, but it was everything and more than than I've yeah. been expecting.
0: Yeah, that's so true, because sometimes a lot of chatter will uh, raise expectations or you just mm-hmm. have a certain idea of what you're, you know, you're getting. Um, and, and it can certainly change the experience. Um all of that said, this is a film that, you know, I, I think a lot of people in the industry, and by in the industry, I do mean voters, there is a soft spot in their hearts for this film. Um, and a lot of pundits have it in second place. Do you think this film should very seriously be considered a dark horse and and could walk away with the win? Or is it like for you, foregone conclusion, it's Oppenheimer Best Picture? (laughs)
2: Um, So it's funny that you ask that. Um, The second thing after after I mentioned that it was a great holiday movie, um, (laughs) the second thing I told my husband was um, I think that this is a dark horse for sure. Oh, Um, I think um, it's it's everything I've heard about it from screenings and and the industry and whatnot is it, it always gets a great reaction. Um, yeah. it's been very, very well received. And I think it's the type of film that, well, a, it got, it got all the key nominations that I'm always looking out yes. for in particular editing. That's one that mm-hmm. always, always makes my, my yeah. little hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Uh-huh. Anytime, anytime those films overlap with best picture, I'm like, well, mm, and it's got yeah. acting, um, two specifically, of course yeah. for Paul and Davine. And screenplay. Um, these yeah. are all really, really key nominations, and yeah. so I think that speaks to a lot of support. And it's also mm-hmm. just the type of film that, like, it's it it's so it, it's got that heartwarming element that, mm-hmm. again, a lot of times awards movies don't often have. And uh, we've seen time and time again that those types of movies sort of slip up the middle sometimes. Yeah, um, Coda. So I, I in do really years. think that it's if it's not Oppenheimer. It's the holdovers. That would yeah. be my honest assessment.
0: Yeah. The one thing that, uh, you know, you mentioned all those all those key categories. The one thing it lacks is director. Alexander right. Payne did not get in for his direction. And um, I think it's a real shame because, you know, there's such a... He put such a mark on this. The way he stylized the film, the way he shot it, the way it, you know, it it is a movie set in the 70s that feels like it was released in the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just... Uh, I I think, such a a beautiful touch to the film. If if it had felt modern, I'm not sure it would have the same kind of oomph to it. And oomph is a very technical film term, you know. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> 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 we love we, we love technical terms yeah. yes um no i i agree completely and that's the only thing that kind of gives me pause um yeah. but i i mean you could see a, a christopher nolan best director and best picture split i mean we see that it, is true we've seen it a lot since the uh preferential ballot came into play,
0: yeah. you know. Well, I mean, look, Ben Affleck was not nominated for Argo. Uh, he So he did not win directing, but it did win Best Picture. So look, I, I, it's not out of question, uh, you know, at, at all that, um, that that is something that could happen. Um, and that could certainly make things exciting come mm-hmm. Oscar night, um, which I do want to get into that with you a little bit later, but let's pause for a second to talk more about the, um, the Oscar nominees luncheon, um, that I mentioned, you know, that was, uh, on Monday this week. Um, the second year I've been, and it's just such a, um, you know, it's one thing to go to these award shows and it's, you know, it's such an honor to be able to like sit in this room where, you know, you grow up watching award shows and you're like, it feels so distant and not anything that you could ever imagine being at, but then, (laughs) You know, when when you're a little kid growing up in Indiana, you don't know that there's a thing called this Oscar Nominee's luncheon until you know you get to LA and you mm-hmm. you know, you start to hear about these things. And you're like, Oh, well, that's really cool because they take a class photo and all this stuff. <laughs> um so my second year at that, and it is it is truly a pinch me moment, and you're just kind of standing there scanning the room like, Wow. It's um, you know, all all of your favorites and people who you admire so much, uh, you know, from from the art that they have given us over the years. Um this year, a few observations that I want to share, uh, and, and I put this on my social media, and, and a lot of people did because the real star <laughs> I of this what event, say. <laughs> yeah, the real star of this event, Lauren, was not a human, but it in mm. fact was a canine, the dog from Anatomy of a Fall, Snoop, real name Messy. Oh, uh, this dog, just oh. such a a beautiful kind gentle soul and was letting <laughs> everyone take pictures and and pet him and he had a little uh, d- plush toy um bone that was you know that was that was really the thing if you wanted to get a picture you held that and he was looking right at that and you you got yourself a you know the perfect eyeline for your picture no. and everything um i think he might have been a little tired you know he did make the trip yeah. from france um and you know they were doing a few events uh this week around la in support of that film uh that uh, that he will be attending so um <laughs> But yeah, Lauren, I mean, when I tell you like America Ferreira, she saw him and came right up and she was squatted down right there on Mm -hmm. his level. Um, Emma Stone, I saw she was standing near, but I I don't know if I ever saw her um, go up to him, but she was right by him uh, talking to Ryan Gosling and was looking over and like, oh, my God it's the dog. Like the dog's here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So and
2: Ryan Gosling was like clutching his chest. I saw videos. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly me.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at the table basically next to his. So very, very close. And um, the the way this luncheon operates, there's a there's an introduction. Well, there's a little cocktail reception first. But once you get to your seats and everything, um, uh, the the Academy president welcomes everyone uh, and then lunch is served. But Basically, as soon as lunch is served, people get up from their seats and they start mingling. Mm-hmm. And, and almost immediately, uh, Emily Blunt uh, was over to Ryan, uh, her um, co-star in The Fall Guy. That one's coming up in a couple months, um, which they're so great together in. Um, I, a lot of people coming up to Ryan Gosling. Um, I, he, I saw him speaking with Billie Eilish and Phineas. Uh, he was over at, near Greta Gerwig's table at one point talking Um all of that to say, I feel like, aside from Snoop, uh, you know, the dog getting <laughs> all the attention, I feel like a lot of people were gravitating toward Ryan, uh, which I found mm. really interesting in There's the bigger at picture. Least one. There's yeah. at least one. Yeah, yeah. My year it was
2: Brad Pitt. It was Brad Pitt. Oh,
0: really? Year. Okay. Yeah. Was that went, for the year he won?
2: Yeah, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the year of Parasite, uh, the year yeah. of 1917. It was a good year, although you had the dog. So I, I don't know. I think that's <laughs> I think this year's luncheon is the luncheon to end end all Oh <laughs> uh, Well,
0: yeah, they'll have to really one up themselves next year, um, bring in more animals. Um, but see, that's that's what I find so interesting, though, is as, as you feel people gravitating towards certain people. Does it mean something for how things may go or is it just, you know, people want to people want to talk to Ken?
2: I think, yeah. I mean, in, in, in the case of this year, I think it's just like, I want to talk to Ryan Gosling. Um, but of course, you know, like I said, I mean, in my year it was, it was Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt did in fact win. Um, I I think a lot of people pay attention to the, the applause that people get, um, Uh as they get called up. And I will say my year, um, the big applause was for Parasite. Um, Mm. in in particular director Bong Joon-ho. So, um, you know, I mean, every year people point those things out and it's not always indicative. Sometimes it's just like, we really love this person. And a lot of us have worked with that person. And, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I don't know that that is interesting. I think Ryan's just I mean, who hasn't Ryan worked with at this point? and And who doesn't love? That's true. Ken.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that is true. So, um, yeah, I, I did even notice as they were getting everyone settled on the, uh, you know, the risers to take their class photo, that um, at one point, he was more kind of like top middle but then you know the 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 people who are helping set everything up they then also uh, they moved him to the back left and then emma stone then was near him on the left and then they even <clears throat> kind of swapped with people so they were a little bit closer um you, you know you see a little bit of that going on but um you know now you have me thinking wondering who you know the biggest applause there was certainly a lot for ryan there was a lot for greta gerwig Mm-hmm. Um, rightfully so uh, you know I, I think in, in some regards yes she had the biggest movie of the year but there was also of course <laughs> she did not get a director nomination so I think you might get a you know there, that might factor in as well like oh we love you we can't believe yes. you didn't get nominated I think um, there was someone
2: that year my year too where it was somebody that was a part of a film yeah. so they were there for you know whatever reason but they weren't actually nominated and there was a bit of a snub narrative there. Yeah. so <laughs> yeah. definitely definitely could be some of that there
0: yeah um yeah so looking back I really kind of think Greta maybe um you know on the applause meter won that um and then until though at the very end the uh, you know the last person announced last but not least uh, as he was introduced Robert Downey jr um who you know is <laughs> they
2: he, applauding because it's done <laughs> well that is a great
0: point that is a great point but he course he, he was very Robert Downey jr about it and hammed it up and uh you know he he got up there and took his uh, took his rightful place to, uh, you know, get in on that picture. Um, so yes, you know, you, you bring up a good point. We, it's a, Oh, we've arrived at the end, but Oh, <laughs> Hey, it is also it's Robert Downey Jr. And we love him. And, um, you know, so yeah. there was a lot of that I mean, that what going a person
2: on. to save for last. I think they knew what they oh, were doing there.
0: I think they did too. Uh, yeah, I, I suspect you might be right about that. Um, okay. So the question I put on hold a little earlier, um, talking about uh, you know, we we would love to see some surprises come Oscar night. That is the question I pose to you. Who would you love to see surprise and shock everyone with a win on March 10th?
2: I think my answer is going to surprise you um because it's not in a traditional um, you know, one of the big five above the okay. line type of categories, but um I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that zone of interest is going to get best international. And I would like to see society of the snow surprise uh, there instead.
0: Uh, <laughs> I and am maybe so in happy best to hear too, you bring that up. That's also
2: where it's nominated. So I would love to yes. see it in either of those, but I, I, I don't know that it's currently being predicted to do so, but that would be my pick. Cause that film just, um, has really stuck with me in a yeah. way that a lot of films just don't. Um, yep. and uh. I just, I, I just, I thought it spoke to the human spirit
0: oh, and, and yeah. just,
2: I, I, that film just bowled me over. So I would, yeah, not that zone of interest isn't of course a wonderful film in its own right, but that would be, that would be my, my personal pick. Are you surprised?
0: I I was surprised to hear you say that, but I'm thrilled to hear you say that. I loved that movie so much. Um, uh, for those who don't know, who have not seen it, it is about the, I believe it was 1972 plane mm-hmm. crash of um, a group of, uh, they were rugby players, right? No. Uh, athletes. A group of athletes on a plane flying from, um, flying to Argentina. They crashed in the Andes mountain near the, uh, Argentina Chile border. Um, and many of them died, uh, in the accident, but many also survived. And so it really becomes about how do they continue to survive and, um, what is so beautiful about the story? You know, we have shows, uh, and we've seen movies where it becomes very, um, Survivalist and people turn on each other, and mm-hmm. that is not this film. Um, it's it's really about honoring each other's lives, the honoring the ones who have died, honoring the ones who are still mm-hmm. alive, knowing that some of them are not going to make it, um, and and those people essentially making a a very hard decision to you know essentially give each other permission. To use their bodies as they need to for survival, um, yeah. and it's, um, I, I uh, it's it's hard to watch it sometimes. Not as hard to watch as Zone of Interest at times, <laughs> um, but Which I is just thought they, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just a beautiful film. Um, the the director J A Biona, uh, who also did uh, The Impossible, um, so he's he he knows knows a thing or two about some disaster films um i think he (laughs) did a wonderful job yes into a yeah disaster of a different kind (laughs) dinosaur
2: Um, disaster yeah yeah
0: Yeah. i love that film
2: no it's yeah he put it perfectly it it just i'm i tend to um have some some negative opinions about mankind but that movie (laughs) that movie reminded me um a reminder i really needed that that um it's not all bad and, and people can do amazing, incredible things. And it, yeah, it just, it really spoke to the human spirit and the triumph of the human spirit. And I just, yeah, I, I, I cried so hard. Oh, <laughs> I'm sitting here yes. tearing up just even I know. thinking about I, it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. I, I wasn't just, expecting I it. Yeah. Song yeah I mean that that's that's exactly what you said. the human spirit that like take care of each other is really yeah. what it was. It's a uh, we don't have to turn on each other, we take care yeah. of each other well, and these people yeah. a lot of
2: them didn't know each other. that's what's crazy, yeah. you know I mean, like I think we think that they were all part of this team and whatever, but a lot of the people right. were just regular people on a flight that mm-hmm. ended terribly, and we yeah. were stuck in this position with a bunch of people that they had never. Or they barely knew if they knew them right. at all. Right, it's just right. wild. But what were what were your surprises? I'm sure you've got a few that you uh, you oh, would gosh. like to see win on Oscar oh, gosh. Sunday.
0: Oh, I hadn't I hadn't prepared my own answer for this, but I <laughs> would you say you were just going to grill
2: me about it, huh?
0: I was, I was. <laughs> um, you got me. Um, well, the ones that I'm thinking about. Um, you know, I think where it does get interesting is in the screenplay categories as well. Mm. Um I would love to see Celine Song win. Mm. Yeah, for Past Lives, uh, for her screenplay. Um and I don't necessarily know either I've seen some people uh picking her, um, but I By and large, it feels like a couple of the screenplay, uh, because so adapted, really, it feels like it's between Oppenheimer and Barbie. (laughs) We've got a Barbenheimer Mm -hmm. uh, race there for that one. Um, Barbie tried to go for original screenplay because it is a completely original story (laughs) based on existing character IP. It's such a weird, tricky, like... yeah
2: there's always some funky things going on in screenplay that are yes. just like that i i believe it was um the the lovely gentleman behind uh the lego movie um
0: oh phil uh, lord chris miller yes
2: thank you lord and miller um i just like had a brain fart there they're some of my favorites so i'm super embarrassed that i forgot their names <laughs> momentarily anyways they they spoke out about it i think um don't mm-hmm. quote me on that but i think i remember seeing some tweets about like um it's how is this different than like the Lego movie, which is obviously a completely original thing. It just happens to be based on a toy. Yeah. H- how are you going to say that's really adapted? I mean, come on.
0: Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's these little, like it's the fine details of the rules. And, and, uh, I think this one ultimately came down to it. It, uh, they had to have a, you know, internally, um, the, the awards folks at the Academy had to decide where it would go. um, but yeah, looking at original screenplay, I mean the others are Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May December. Mm-hmm. Um Oh man, I mean Some Anatomy really of a Fall, somewhere. yeah, I one of my favorites of the year, The Holdovers and Past Lives, those three just holy cow. Um
2: I feel like it'll be The Holdovers.
0: I think I think but it might be.
2: I I would be happy with just about any of these. I, honestly, honestly, yeah,
0: same. Um, you know the film I would love to see win, animated feature, is Nimona. Oh, interesting. I, I liked that movie so much. Um, I That one is uh, just one of my favorites of last year as well. I feel like it didn't really get as much. Um, uh, it, I think it, it certainly got attention. There was a lot of press around the film and everything, but um, I, I thought maybe more Audiences would have been talking about it. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a that's a good one. That's a good pick because I feel like I feel like that category is also kind of usually usually it's pretty clear what's going to win that going into Oscar night. Right. I feel like <laughs> right, and so. I feel like
0: a, a front runner has emerged uh, with the Boy in the Heron, but we'll see. Sometimes animated is where uh, there are surprises. So
2: see, yeah. yeah I mean, I think Spider Man has a good shot as well. Yes. If, yep. if I had to pick a.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I really. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think it really is between the two of those because uh, it's kind of gone back and forth at various ceremonies. So, right. Time will tell. Uh, the, the days are, are ticking away until March 10th. <laughs> uh, so how about this? We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get to that interview with Paul Giamatti. So don't go anywhere, folks. The awardist will be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. He is uh, a previous nominee for Cinderella Man. A lot of people think that he wasn't nominated for Sideways, one of that year's really big snubs. Uh, But this year, Paul Giamatti is not just a nominee, but he is uh, perhaps emerging as the one to beat at the Oscars. We say that with uh, all kinds of categories, I think, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, he is. uh, He is. He has certainly picked up a couple big recent precursors that might be indicating Paul Giamatti is going to win his first Oscar. Uh, We will certainly see in a few weeks. But um, right now, let's go ahead and get to my interview with the Holdover star and Best Actor nominee, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, thank you so much for joining us here on the Awardist podcast. How are you? I'm fine. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Well, so happy to have you here. Uh, Your work in this film, I mean, always, but this film is just, I mean, it, it is kind of next level. And we're certainly seeing that play out this award season. Um, I, I saw you from a distance at the Oscar nominee luncheon. Uh, mm-hmm. h- how was that for you? Getting to, getting to catch up perhaps with some old friends, coworkers, sure, even? Yeah,
1: but also it was really nice to meet people. You know, I sat between a fellow who was nominated for sound. And and an animator. It was not an an animated short. And it was was kind of the coolest thing about that was meeting all of those people.
0: Yeah. was actually getting
1: to talk to all these other people who do all this amazing stuff. And I never
0: see them or meet them. And it was really nice. Yeah. Did you also get to meet the dog from Anatomy of a Fall? I I must say. I didn't know. I had no idea. Everybody was going
1: on and on about the dog. I never (laughs) saw the dog. I didn't even see the dog. I had no idea. That would have been amazing.
0: Oh, uh, it was, it was great. I, I think he was a little tired. You know, he had made the journey from France, so uh, understandable, but um, he was, he was a very good boy.
1: Oh, well, that's very good. Cause I would yes. have, if I was a dog, I would have been like, what is going on here? hundred <laughs> you <know, it> <laughs> percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as the, uh, as the season is gone, you have um, you have had the wonderful opportunity to take the stage a few times at various ceremonies. What, 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 what is going through one's mind as, You know, you know what your category. Uh, I, you know, some people have told me they're like, I'm honestly just actually hoping they don't say my name because I hate being up on stage and that whole you know rigmarole. But But what's it like for you? I
1: have that feeling often that oh my god, I don't, I'm afraid to go up there because I'm too nervous. I have, I've had that, and 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 certainly yes. And, but generally too, I'm just, I, I just leave it to fate a lot of the time too. I'm not, I, I I try to have no expectation of anything (laughs) if I can, I just don't know what's going to happen. You know, then it's, if it actually happens, my mind goes blank and I'm generally (laughs) panicking because I'm trying to remember if I, if I was smart enough to try to think of something to say, I'm trying to remember that. And then I'm trying to just not screw up too badly and say something bizarre or, you know, so it's, it's, it's a, it's just a panicky moment in a
0: lot of ways. No, but you've done well so far. I think you, you appropriately seized the opportunity with the whole in and out Burger thing. Um, and it was, it was very <laughs> funny and endearing. And, and I, listen, I don't know if they have celebrity spokespeople, but I hope the offer comes your way. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, you know, that just made me think uh, they did. I suppose it was Focus Features sent us gift cards after that whole thing happened.
1: <laughs> yes, I heard that. That was very kind of him. You know, you want to it know something? Really I, don't, I don't think I got any of those gift cards. Hey, so what? You can, uh, out. I know,
0: right? Unbelievable. Oh, gosh. Well, because yeah.
1: And like, you, you use it. I'm
0: like, God, yeah, oh, I'm going one. to. I will for sure. And as time would to have it, uh, David Hemmingson's uh, script showed up today. So um, that's, I love, is that, I love scripts. Is, that
1: it? Is, that, is the cover of it the meditations cover from the? That's it is. That it? You're right. That's it's the cover of it's the oh my god that's very clever of them. That was it really is. smart. It's beautiful. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great. Smart. Um well, uh I before we before we get into some specifics on the holdovers, I I, I want to ask you because I was you know just doing my research and looking back on on your career. Um your very first award nomination, not just Oscar but n- nomination on record that I can find, do you remember what it was?
1: No. I I I don't. <laughs> All
0: good. right. I'll give you a little hint. It was for, um, it was favorite supporting actor. The year was 2001. It was wow. for Big Mama's House at the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. Really? <laughs> Holy
1: cow. I had no idea wow i don't think anybody ever even told me did i win <laughs> yes, I didn't, did i i didn't get it did i what do you get I like, believe it was the a nomination bomb, the popcorn thing was that the blockbuster award was that the um Golden that's, or is that something else that's uh is that award. the
0: mtv movie and tv awards yeah MTV's the but uh, yeah wow um wow but there you go
1: holy cow blockbuster yeah
0: holy what, cow. Are, your, what are your memories of that film um a good time. It was a
1: lot of fun, that thing, was shooting all the ridiculous party scenes. And yeah. one of my fondest memories of that, I have to say, is working <laughs> briefly with Octavia Spencer, who then, you know, went on to great things. She's a tiny role in that movie. But I remember hanging out with her. And it was very funny. And that whole thing was just goofy and funny yeah. and ridiculous and silly. It was great.
0: Oh, well, here you are. Um, yeah. Okay. So you were a, you're a graduate of, of Yale, a degree in English. At some point, mm-hmm. were you ever perhaps going to be a Mister Hunnam yourself? Because of course, there are lots of possibilities with an English degree. But was teaching ever yeah. one of them?
1: Sure. I mean, I also come from a family of teachers. My parents mm. and my grandparents, all of them are teachers. So there's always some sort of assumption that somebody's going to be a teacher. One of these uh. kids, you know, and I have cousins who are teachers, and everybody's teachers. And so it went through my head. But really, at bottom, some part of me knew I wanted to be an actor,
0: so or mm. something
1: else, not a teacher. So I just didn't yeah. do it.
0: Yeah. Well, so then did you know people like Hunnam? Did he feel familiar in any way? Oh, very much so. Yes. I went to a, I went to a prep school like mm. that
1: only about 10 years after the movie is set. So mm. I knew a lot of guys like that. They were still there. Those guys, and they were all guys were mm. still there, still teaching at those places. They were girls there now. So it was mm. like, you know, there was that, but, um, and then my My father had colleagues, my mother had colleagues, all these kinds of eccentric, especially my father's kind of eccentric academic colleagues at at Yale Mm. University, very much informed a lot of what I did in this movie, for sure. And for sure. Mm.
0: Well, you said deep down, you you knew that acting was somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, you did, of course, uh, go to Yale School of Drama. Dave, I enjoy Randolph, also a graduate of that. Um, Yeah, when I spoke with her, she said, Working with you, there was a there was there was a familiarity that at first she was like, why, uh, why? Why do I feel like you know we're speaking the same language?" And then she was like, "Wait, because we we both went to Yale." There was she felt there was just a something that you guys were on the same wavelength and perhaps didn't even realize it. We definitely were on the same wavelength, and it was one of those things that I enjoy when you're on
1: a com- on a same wavelength with somebody and you don't even need to talk about it. She was mm-hmm. one of those actors where. We never talked about anything. We never talked about what on this scene do you think? Never, because it just was happening, and we didn't need right. to. She does. She says that, and I'm always like, maybe there was some similarity of technique we were taught. Maybe yeah. um, she may be right about that. Yeah, but I I tend to think it's just happenstance that we happen to be simpatico. You uh-huh. want me to get really woo woo? We're both Gemini's. Oh, I mean, yeah, see, I'm taking okay. there. I went there. <laughs> that's where I go with it. So that's what I'm going to say from now on. We're both Gemini. So we have similar characters. The stars faded
0: it. I was about to say the, the stars definitely aligned for that one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, of course, reuniting with uh, Alexander Payne, had you two been looking for something else to do together? Yes.
1: Yeah. We've been talking about doing stuff. Many years ago, we talked about doing a private eye thing, like a private investigator thing, which I still would love to do with him. Someday. <laughs> And we I was meant to be in the film downsizing, yep. but the budget became such that it was fiscally irresponsible to hire me. So they hired <laughs> Mr. Matt Damon, which if you can't get me, you immediately go to Damon. Damon's phone rings when I turn something down. And then we tried to do this movie actually, the holdovers, a couple of years running, but the mm. scheduling never worked out. And the schedule was very key to this because we wanted he wanted winter. He really wanted a real mm-hmm. winter. So it yeah. never worked out until it finally it did.
0: Okay. But I gotta ask about that whole fiscally irresponsible thing, because that's um that's of <laughs> course a one of those. That I love. <laughs> yeah, it's a great phrase, but uh I have to suspect an, an obnoxious part of the business that one has to deal with. Sure. I mean, you know, but
1: it's not something Sure, I suppose so. It's not. I I, I. I. I'm nothing if not a very realistic human being, especially when it comes to the business. So, I mean, you know, I've never. I don't. I haven't had a lot. I. I didn't come up with a lot of illusions about things. So, I, I was not. I've never been surprised by those kinds of things. Like, you know, it would be fiscally irresponsible to put this guy in a sixty million dollar movie or whatever it
0: was. It mm. made
1: sense. It didn't surprise me. Mm. it's okay it's all right i I went on to do other wonderful things and i got to do this with alexander
0: indeed you know that is true there there has to be a silver lining at some point because passing on one thing means that other opportunities come your way so yeah great way of looking at that well this character i I understand why you wanted to play him i mean you know sometimes that word uh uh, delicious gets thrown around with characters and i feel like i see that here with that one because you there's so much you get to do with him um I, i i'm curious when you had your first chance to you know give this script a go was was there i'm curious if there was something that immediately stood out to you that you thought ooh this i've never gotten to do this or that with any of my previous characters
1: well you know there was a kind of
0: there was a sort of sweetness to the man that
1: i really liked there were moments there were moments that stood out for me. That there was a that that I remember reading them and thinking, I want to do this, because I haven't had a sort of moment. There's a lovely thing in this movie where I take the kid ice skating. That's my favorite yeah. thing in the movie, and it's mm-hmm. inarticulate, and it's there's no words ever spoken. And I remembered reading it and thinking that to me somehow is the heart of this thing. And I want to just do that. I want to do that part. I want to have that thing to do. Um, You know, there was a funny thing with this character. I enjoy the kind of what I call kind of the Lon Chaney factor sometimes with characters. And I have Mm -hmm. to say the I thing was interesting to me too. I thought, how are Mm we going to do that? I've never done something like this. I'd really like to do something like this. And that, that actually, It's kind of strangely a very enjoyable part of playing
0: this character. Yeah, because that was all from David's script from the get-go, right?
1: It was. That was inspired, though, partially by a movie that Alexander saw, a French movie from the 30s called Merleus, which is a similar story. And in that story, the character also has a sort of uh, condition with his eye. And so Alexander carried it over from that and sort of put it in, in
0: the thing. Got it. Okay. Now I know it, it is certainly one thing physically to pull that off, which you have said that those contacts, it, it kind of made you yeah. blind in that eye?
1: Yeah, well, it did. It, it's an interesting, and it, it gives me an opportunity to actually credit this woman, Christina Patterson, who made the eye. And they're, they're, there's mm. this incredible artist and she hand paints these eyes. And this is wow. what she does for television and film. And they're gorgeous. They're these little works of art. Wow. Apparently my eye was particularly hard to match the color on. Because my eyes change color on film, so she did a brilliant job. And so you get this thing, and yes, you put it over your whole eye, and it's, and I was, I couldn't see out of that eye, which then became actually something very interesting for the character, that he couldn't Mm. see, because he probably maybe couldn't see out of that eye. So it was actually an interesting sort of thing to then have to play with. It was really cool.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask how that physical aspect impacted whatever mental or emotional approach you might have had.
1: It does because it, because, you know, all of these things make the man sort of feel outside sort of Mm -hmm. acceptable to people, which, you know, it's, you know, it it shouldn't be, but it, but it places him outside those things. And so it sort of contributed something to him feeling to my feeling like, yes, I'm playing a guy who's not, you know, he's got things that make him different from other people. And Mm -hmm. he's dealt with those things by creating this armor around himself This Mm -hmm. kind of persona that he's armored himself with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it all contributes to that very much so.
0: Yeah. Well, right. Because in addition to the eye and bear with me, I'm going to give this word a go. Yeah. Trimethylaminuria.
1: That's pretty good. Trimethylaminuria. That was very good.
0: Trimethylaminuria. Yes. It's an actual Uh, condition. Yeah. I had never heard of it. And that's, I feel like it's one of the things I remember as soon as I got out of the screening, I was like, what is this? real thing
1: <laughs> it's a real thing apparently and i can't remember why it happens to people but um it's some it's some lack of enzyme to break down something so that you can mm-hmm. end up smelling like fish by the end mm-hmm. of the day it increases through, <laughs> throughout it's, the day it's terrible that's it, it's terrible that that but aspect again, particularly it's is sad. fascinating it's just, it's another thing that he has to kind right. of worry about and sort of bury and hide and pretend mm-hmm. that he's okay with and function in his life, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. You mentioned it kind of as an armor, because there were times when I was, uh, before we even really knew about that aspect, uh, of his, you know, of his being, as you're watching the film, <laughs> I, I, there were times I wondered, like, does this guy, does he, does he not like himself or is there other, um, trauma that has kind of conditioned him to even perhaps, you know, put up a guard to people about, you know, not necessarily wanting to get close. And of course, as you know, the the layers of the onion peel back, um, yeah. I think you kind of learned
1: that it's a bit of both. It is a bit of both. I think he's got a little bit of sort of self-loathing, but mm-hmm. but not a ton. I mean, I think that it's, a, it's an interesting character. You know, he's come to a point in his life where he has He has shut down a lot of, I mean, she says to him, you can't even dream a dream, you Mm -hmm. know, and he's, and it's that kind of person who's reached this point of truly believing that they no longer have aspirations to certain things and that certain things, you know, won't just won't happen for them. That kind of resignation in a person is intense. You know, Mm -hmm. he's lost the sort of, I mean, he doesn't even know how much he wants to connect anymore. He's Mm -hmm. not even aware of it anymore. And it's like, that's a kind of an amazing place to be. It's sad. Mm-hmm. And it's an yes. interesting thing to play. You know, when that woman, when he sees that, that, that Carrie Preston's character has a boyfriend, oh. it's not so much that he says to himself, oh, gosh, that's not going to work out. Oh, gosh, I really liked her. Maybe she liked me. He says, you're a fool to himself. Why did you ever even think that was happening, going to happen mm-hmm. for you? Of course it's not. You knew that. And why did you put yourself in this position? It's that that he feels that's actually really painful because he doesn't even the sense that he could even aspire to. It's not even there anymore. It's like, you know, that's sad.
0: Oh, I, as an audience member that happens and I, I I remember I smacked the arm of my chair. she no. was like, "Oh no, no!" no. But because there was the no. moment before, right? There was the moment before for, uh, before that with the mistletoe and everything. I was like, "Oh, are yeah, you kidding like,
1: oh, me?" Maybe she is. I know, you know. Uh, oh, maybe she is. You no, know, she just yeah. kind of pities the guy. She kind of takes pity on him because he's yeah. such an outsider, and she's a sweet woman, and she wants yeah. him to feel like he belongs.
0: Such a sweet woman. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, you, you mentioned sad is a word you use, but I, I will also say, you know, below the surface and, and eventually above the surface, um, the stories, it's, it's also just really beautiful. Um, you know, as we kind of get to get to certain places with, um, with each of these characters. Um, yes. and I also think so much of that, of course, it's all there in the script, but I really do firmly, firmly believe so much of it relies on, on you and Davine and Dominic Sessa, who just, wow. Uh, fantastic performance yeah he's amazing
1: Um, so is she and we they
0: both are but he amazes me because he's never done anything before right yeah it's yeah have you ever been in a position like that working with someone their very first film but it also be such a large role like that no i don't think so no i've never i've never had to be in that
1: position but you wouldn't have known it i mean his Uh. his level of seriousness and professionalism was astonishing I mean, he, it was like, he was on point and he's yeah. a lovely guy yeah. and he was a pleasure to be around. And in some ways, David and I were talking about this in some ways, we kind of, he, we kind of followed his lead a little bit because mm. he was so that kind of beginner's mind thing. We both just sort of were like, you're amazing. It's lovely to be around you. You know, his mm. patience and his thoughtfulness, it kind of guided us a little bit.
0: Right. I, I mean, right.
1: I'm not kidding. He was amazing to, to be around.
0: Well, and, and of course, so much of the, the action of the story is their reaction to him. Yes. So he's I suppose the one, there has he, to be. He's yeah.
1: yeah, he's he's what it's really about. You know, he's mm-hmm. the he's the kid who carries any promise of sort of what life could be. You know right. what I mean? She's where she is and I'm where I am. Yep. She's in the middle. She's she's probably going to be OK. I'm who knows But he's got all the promise. He's got all the possibility, yeah. you know, so it's like so you really are kind of focused on him.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, Earlier, you mentioned that, you know, you and Davine didn't really have to talk about, you know, think about what are we going to do here. But on the flip side of that, were there moments perhaps at all where, um, sure, maybe you didn't talk much about how a scene would go. But once the scene was done, cut was called. Was was there ever a, a communal feeling since like, oh, we 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 got exactly what was needed for the intent of that scene?
1: Yeah, I think it happened a lot on this. I definitely think of that with the with the TV-watching scenes, especially the first mm. one when she and I are watching The Newlyweds, which was a wonderful scene to shoot and yeah. something I was really looking forward to shooting. And I loved just that whole feel of two people two people alone in this vast place with the TV yeah. flickering in their faces kind of yeah. thing. But it was also – that that, was, that scene really nailed it. You know something that felt so wonderful and it was one of the last things we shot – and it felt so great, was the fun, lovely moment in the end when they're watching the ball drop for New Year's Eve. Yeah. And they toast each other, and they go in the – God, I'm going to start – I'm getting all choked up just thinking about it. And they go in the kitchen and light off the firework. Yeah. And there was something about that, and knowing that they were shooting, he was shooting outside the window, mm-hmm. and I remember just thinking, this is absolutely such a beautiful, real, believable, true moment right now. And we're getting it. I think we're getting it right. And yeah. I thought, what a beautiful thing to kind of come to—not quite the end of the movie, but the—it's mm-hmm. the, the happy ending of the movie that the movie doesn't entirely end with. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, I love that too. The, the way you said that—that's uh, shot outside, and you like—you get a bit of the boom, yeah. and you see the Vina flinch and grab their ears, but you don't know what they say after that.
1: Yeah, and I loved it that he chose that. You're observing it from outside the window is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just something so beautiful
0: about it. It's really yeah. great. Yeah. And also from your perspective, I have to imagine there's a certain level of uh, joy that comes with delivering lines like you are and always have been penis cancer in human form. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that the, the, the
1: language of this thing was so... Now, delicious is a word that applies when you said that I was like, well, the language was because it was literally like eating lovely sort of Turkish delight kind of things, you know, and it was so all of that kind of Baroque put downs and stuff like that were really great. And it's funny to me how it all just ends with (laughs) with really crass penis cancer. After all these kind of (laughs) period insults, I finally just land on you're a dick basically, you know, it's like very funny. And I know it's a good parting shot too. you know, you feel like yes. the guy kind of gets off a good parting shot to the, to those people.
0: Yeah. 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 Did you know when filming it, like how Alexander was going to, to that, that feel of it being a film, of course, set in the seventies, but a film made in the seventies. I mean, I'm even thinking about, you know, when the movie trailer came out, there was, you know, the, the voice of God, the announcer in that, which we, we just don't have anymore. And it just felt, you know, that complete package. How much did he tell you guys about that going in?
1: Apparently he saw like he saw like fifty guys to find that voice, to finally find that right voice. He found exactly that voice that sounded like the seventies announcer voiceover guy. Um yeah, we were aware of it. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you, I was aware that he was going to be shooting it differently than, say, sideways. That it was mm-hmm. going to be shot much more formally than and simply like a 70s movie. Where sideways, there was more two-camera stuff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so we could sort of. And I also knew the sound. The guy who did Dave Schwartz, the sound engineer, the guy who was running the sound for the movie, I knew he was going to be recording it mono. Which he was Uh, sort of excited about because he was like, so we knew that all this stuff was going to be in place, yeah. And then I know that he, um, especially with Dom, he he screened some '70s movies for him to give him sort of the feel of it and stuff. So mm -hmm. we were all very aware of it being the idea, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, it's just uh, it it is one of my absolute favorites, Uh, certainly of this year, but I would say even of of recent years. Uh, You know, it's one of those movies I went in not really knowing what I was going to get, and I came out just I, I couldn't tell enough people uh, you really? know, that they must watch. So, so awesome. congratulations on that uh, and, and all the work here. Um, last thing I got to ask, have you, since that interview with Stern, have you heard from Cher again?
1: <laughs> she doesn't call me.
0: She doesn't call me. She called me
1: once and I called her back
0: and then it's radio silence ever since. Mm. Someday. someday it's Guess who's happen. joining us on the line right now? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be so great. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Look, I was tempted to reach out and make that happen, but uh, oh, maybe wow. you, you'll maybe you'll run into each other somewhere. And now
1: she's just being
0: harassed by me. <laughs> I'm I feel sure.
1: terrible. And now I'm just harassing. Yeah.
0: Right. Oh well, we got to make that phone call happen. We need to know. Okay. What's going on? Yeah. Well, uh, Paul, uh, again, congrats and, and thank you so much for your All time. Right. And, uh, and enjoy the rest of okay. award season. I will, man. Thank you very much. Well, I kind of mentioned it there. We talked about it a a bit earlier, Lauren. You know, this, I just... how much I love the film, but his performance is just, I think one of the best I have seen in so many years because, um, to, to elaborate on why I think so, just because of how much he gets to do with this mm-hmm. character. Like he was saying there, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it's a sad guy, but you know, like there's potential <laughs> there and there's something and he's a little self loathing, but, um, but you, but you can see it in him that he, um, you know, he believes in people. He wants people to, you know, achieve great things. Uh, it's just his delivery is not the best. Um, (laughs) Paul's delivery is great. The, you know, Mr. Hunnam's (laughs) is not the best. Um, the other Paul. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting, um, uh, tight, uh, tightrope to walk there. Um, but he also yeah. just has some some really great lines, too. But yeah, he do really you think
2: does. some of the you think best it's, insults I've seen? On oh, my gosh.
0: A yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why I had to bring up that uh, you are you are penis cancer in human form. It's uh, yes. it's yes. such a great line. <laughs> so good. Perfect. Uh, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, but all, all that said, do you feel like it's it's Paul's or do you think there is still really strong competition from Killian that it, uh, that could he could get in there for Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy?
2: I mean listen, you know what I always say with these types of things is like never say never. I mean it's yeah, it's all true. it's all possible technically if you're nominated there is always a chance. Um and I do think I do think it's it is between Killian and Paul. Um I would be completely shocked if if it wasn't one of those two, but mm-hmm. I mean listen, we all know Oppenheimer has clearly has so much support. I mean it got 13 nominations. It's yeah. huge. It's yep. winning a lot already. Um Important precursors and whatnot. I will be very curious to see what SAG does
0: mm-hmm. um, with
2: this one. I, I, yeah. I mean, Killian is wonderful, and he's also another one that just like consistently gives amazing performances, and people just yes. seem to just like yeah, him
0: oh, by. Yeah. Yes.
2: Um. So you know, I, I could see it. I, I do kind of feel like this is Paul's year though. I think that there yeah. is definitely a little bit of that aspect of. Um, a, a little bit of like what we saw with Leonardo DiCaprio in <laughs> The Revenant a few years back, where it's like, all right, this is this man's time, right? Um, and a- again, I just, yeah, it, it's one of those performances. I think because of sort of what you were talking about with lines like the penis cancer, and yeah. Things. Like there's there's so <laughs> yeah. much, there's so much in this character that is um, lovable in different ways, and it speaks yeah. to so many different things that I feel like with with Oppenheimer it's it's almost a more subdued performance um mm-hmm. just just mm-hmm. because of who oppenheimer was and how he conducted himself um in a lot of places and and that yeah. film is is quite long so there, there's a, there's a lot there too but mm-hmm. i don't know i i just i feel like paul's performance is is the type that that people can yes. really get behind for a yeah. lot of reasons. If you like the comedy, it's got the comedy. If you like yeah. the sad guy winter, you got the sad guy winter. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know?
0: It's, it's speaks, a great point. It speaks
2: to all of it. What do you yeah. think?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm with you on that. It, um, I, i I'm typically one who uh, i get upset when the showy performance wins uh and there's a you know there's a, a one that's just so great and subtle and y- mm-hmm. you know um just a lot of thought and a lot beneath the surface and all of that kind of stuff and and I think you know Killian does that in so many ways but i'm while Paul's is a showier performance i i I think it's an incredible performance and there's so much to it. There's so many layers to this guy. Um, I think layers that uh, perhaps aren't even necessarily in uh, David Hemmingson's script, because as you know, as Paul Mm -hmm. told us there, you know, he comes from a long line of teachers and he knows people like this guy. And so I think he was able to, um, you know, weave all, you know, those kinds of people into the fabric of who this guy is. And so Mm -hmm. you just felt the you you've you've even though you, even if you've never had a, a, a professor or a teacher like him, you can just imagine that there are people like him. Um, yeah. And it's a very I, lived
2: I, in type. of yeah, performance. lived sure. in. I had a teacher like yeah. that, by the way, oh, boy. which is probably why I, I just adore everything uh, about that film and his performance, yeah. because I totally totally had a professor like that
0: <laughs> yeah see there you go a lot people of people will, probably will relate did, so yeah yeah indeed yeah. indeed Well, he is fantastic. By the way, if you have not seen The Holdovers, it is available to stream on Peacock uh, or to rent or buy on digital platforms. Oh, and by the way, to your point, Lauren, about SAG Awards, those happen before Oscar voting is over. So it certainly Mm -hmm. can have impact. If someone gets up there and gives an absolutely wretched speech, something like that (laughs) happens, you know, it it can go one way or the other. It can boost you or it can kill your chances. So those SAG Awards coming up uh, next weekend are very important. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'll I'll be watching very carefully.
0: Oh, I know. Streaming on Netflix for the first time <laughs> ever. It'll be odd, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, Lauren, thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me. Always of love being course. here. Of course.
0: Well, happy to have you. And thanks so much to all of you for listening. If you like what you're hearing here on The Awardist, follow, rate the podcast, and leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. We're at EW on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall. We'll see you back here next week and every day at EW.com. This episode of The Awardist is hosted and produced by Jared Hall and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.